Welcome back to Forward Progress, your source for NFL betting, powered by the Hammer Betting Network and Pinnacle Sportsbook. As a reminder, we'll be using prices today from Pinnacle Sportsbook. It's the world's sharpest sportsbook and available to bettors in Ontario. Find out what professional bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. Must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly. Not available in the U.S. I'm your host, G-Stack George, and today I am joined by three particularly uh, expert NFL opinions. I've got Fabian Zuma with me. I've got the Hitman, and I've got Cleve TA. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining us. Um, let's let's start off with uh, the AFC East, which we'll be talking about, and uh, I want to talk about the Buffalo Bills. Last year, they entered the season as like the number one power-rated team, favorites to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Josh Allen was one of the favorites to win the MVP, chalk favorite to win the division. The market seems to be more down on them entering this year. But my question is, should they be? Zuma, I want to start with you. Um, yes, because their division has gotten significantly better. No, because um, I think I'm, I'm probably a little bit higher on the Bills than, than last year. Um I like a lot of their additions uh, to the team. I think that uh, Josh Allen really underperformed due to that injury and having his wide receiver two playing through a high ankle sprain for, for, for most of the season. So um, I think if, if the Bills are downgraded from last year, it's mostly due to having a much stronger uh, division this year. Cleve, do you agree with Zuma? Do you did you like Buffalo's offseason or were you surprised they didn't attempt to make uh to go out and get a true number two weapon? Yeah, I mean I think they're gonna rely on Dalton Kincaid to be their number two guy. Uh so obviously they instead of going after a second receiver, they just decided to go towards tight end. They needed an upgrade from Dawson Knox. And so I think Kincaid's the guy that they're, you know, gonna hope to be that kind of second option, although you, typically you don't see a rookie tight end outperformed so early in his career but um you know the guy does have a lot of skills he's, he's a really good um really good hands and could offer some some major mismatches but you know in general look this team was i think we all forget they were they were a powerhouse beginning of last year i mean they did lead the nfl in point differential they were number one in dvoa like this is a really good team and i think if they didn't fizzle so badly against Cincinnati in the playoffs, you know, we wouldn't, I don't think people would be so sour on them, but it was just such a, such an ugly end to the season that I think that's what is, you know, masking some of the perception here this season. Um, you know, they did let, you know, Leslie Frazier, the DC really struggled, I think on third and fourth downs the most, uh, especially with his play calling. They, they had the widest gap by far in the NFL defensively from early down defense to, to late down defense. They were number two on early downs and one of the worst in the NFL uh, on third and fourth down. So if they can clean up some of those high leverage spots on defense, you know, Sean McDermott's going to be calling plays. We'll see how that goes. That transition's always uh, a, you know, a question mark when the head coach is calling plays. But, you know, it can't be any worse <laughs> compared to what Frazier was doing uh, last season, especially in the playoffs where Joe Burrow picked them apart. So I still think they, they are rightfully, you know, right behind Kansas mm -hmm. City terms of power rating in the AFC uh, and you know they're clearly a, a strong Super Bowl contender you know when I look at the odds board for this division it, it kind of I draw a huge parallel to last year's AFC West where Kansas City you know uh, underperformed expectations the year before and all of a sudden first time ever you're getting them as a plus money to win the division and then the ready-made team that went out and acquired a veteran quarterback like Denver the Jets did that with Aaron Rodgers 
And then there's the second year head coach who everybody's high on and the young quarterback, Brandon Staley and the Dolphins. And I see parallels there. And then you even got the New England and Las Vegas Raiders aiming for uh, the middle ground where they're not good or not bad enough. I remember Hitman, you tweeted out last year, hey, right now's the time to go back Kansas City for the division. Um, I don't believe these other teams are ready to knock them off the perch. Is it time to go bet Buffalo at plus 120? Um, for me, it's personally not. I, but I kind of I, I agree with what everybody said about Buffalo. I mean, it's a really good team. It's kind of similar to what we talked about last week with the Cincinnati Bengals. I was saying, like, listen, I really like the team. I like what they're doing. They got the best offensive line they've had in years and everything. But it's just that the division is really tough. And I, I I know that Buffalo at a lot of points has been priced even better than Kansas City and market. I know last year Buffalo was laying two and a half in Kansas City at one point during the season, which is pretty crazy to look back and think about. But I still don't put them in the Kansas City tier personally, at least for me for this year. So I think that unlike last year with the Kansas City AFC West, I think that this division, although Buffalo is rightfully the favorite, this division maybe is a little bit more up in the air than what that was. All right. When we talk about division, one of the teams that everybody seems to be at least higher on right now is the Jets. They've got a brand new quarterback. He's making some flashy throws in training camp. Uh, Denver felt the same a year ago. Uh, do you draw that parallel, uh, Zuma? Or, like, do you think... Uh, or do you think this is a better situation for Rodgers stepping in with the Jets than Russell last year with uh, Denver? Uh, hard comparison, to be honest. Um, I think this is a cleaner situation because um, Aaron Rodgers, he had that down year, so to speak, but, but he's also starting from a different level than Russell Wilson, in my opinion. I was high on Denver last year. But I feel a little bit more comfortable about the Jets season being some kind of success than I felt um, with Denver last year. I think that Aaron Rodgers, yes, he had a very underwhelming season, but he's also coming into an offense. I think that offensive line will be okay with with some upside depending on, on Mikhail Beckton actually playing a full NFL game. Um, he has Garrett Wilson as his start, uh, number one receiver. I like the depth at wide receiver. I'm not really high on the offensive coaching staff in general. I, I really have to see them making a, a difference. But I think that uh, Rodgers will be fine um, uh, in the Jets offense. And, and their defense is pretty solid too. All right, Cleve, we talk about Rodgers. And uh, two years ago, he's playing at an MVP level. And last year, he's playing below average. Um, let's just assume that neither of those are going to happen again. Which version of Rodgers do you think is closer uh, this year? Is it the MVP guy from two years ago or the guy who may have lost a step last year? I mean, it's a cop-out, but he's right, right in the middle there. I, I don't think he was as bad as, um, you know, the kind of perception is he was, what, 21st in EPA, sure. But if you look at some of his PFF grades, um, kind of absent from, the results, he was more of like the 12th best quarterback. He was fourth in their big-time throw percentage category. His receivers did not do him any favors, seventh highest drop rate. Um, and I don't think it was uh, coincidental that um, they started to make their run last year in Green Bay when Christian Watson started to break out. I mean, I, I looked at it this morning. 
he started to get more than 30% of the snaps for the first time in week 10 last year. So if you look at Aaron Rodgers' uh, EPA from week 10 on, he was 11th best in the NFL. So uh, again, I don't think that's coincidence. He had no weapons really to help him uh, and you know whatever was going on with his finger. So I don't think he's elite level. I don't think he's MVP level, but I think he's you know, borderline 10, 15 range. Um, you know, so I think it's perfectly, it's perfectly fine for what the Jets need. You know, they don't need to have, they don't need Patrick Mahomes necessarily. They just need a, you know, really good, you know, kind of above average to good quarterback play. And I think he can give that to them. So, you know, for me, the, the, the question marks for the Jets are more, it's not necessarily Aaron Rodgers. It's the offensive line. It's, you got a rookie center. You've got, who knows if Mackay Becton's going to you know ever play. He hasn't essentially hasn't played in two years. So you've got a bottom five to 10 offensive line, which Rodgers really never had. He's had top 10 level offensive line play in Green Bay for, you know, for the last decade. So that's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts there. And I don't know, you know, with, with Hackett and, and the offense, you know, how quick of a transition it's going to be. You know, the guy's been playing one, you know, with one franchise his entire career all of a sudden switch things like this. You know, it's got to be a tough transition. And, you know, their first six games are absolutely brutal. Probably the toughest in the league. You play like five games against the top Super Bowl contenders in the NFL. Like, you know, to me, if they can get through that first six game stretch, you know, call it three and three, I think they've got a legit shot. Uh, At that point, I would look to them from a futures perspective. I would not take them at all. Even if you like the Jets, taking them kind of preseason, doesn't make any sense at all to me based yeah. on the first month and a half. Like you've got to sit and wait and see what happens. I mean, even if they go four and two, like their odds aren't going to change that much uh, from a Super Bowl perspective. But if they go two and four or three and three, I think it's perfectly reasonable to then back them at a better price. So that, that's the way I'm looking at the Jets season. All right. And uh, Hitman, it, it sounded to me earlier like maybe you thought the Bills were a little bit vulnerable. Do you think the Jets are their biggest uh, contender in this division or do you think it's Miami? I personally think it's Miami, and I agree with what everybody said about the Jets, about maybe if you are looking to back them, back them a little later in the year. I could especially see them maybe struggling a little bit early because Aaron Rodgers, the one thing that we've heard about him throughout his entire career is Rodgers needs to trust his receivers or he won't even throw to them. Uh, We've heard that in Green Bay a lot, and it could take a little bit of time for this Jets offense to get going, especially because – I'm not in love with Nathaniel Hackett as the play caller, although I know that obviously was Rogers handpicked guy, but um, I I think Miami, if Tua stays healthy, which we obviously it's a question mark. And that's why if I am looking to bet Miami, I'm looking to bet them in more bigger payout long shot uh, odds, alternates wins um, division, all that. I I think Miami is the second best team in the division Um, personnel wise. Obviously, they're absolutely loaded at the skill positions with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. You have a play caller that, although their running game wasn't amazing last year, he is known as a run game guru. And you did see towards the end of the last last season, they did get it going a little bit more. And then you have a defense that added Vic Fangio, which is probably the biggest coaching upgrade as far as assistant coaches in the entire league this year and you obviously you have now a bradley chubb in for the whole season you have Jalen ramsey it's a defense that personnel wise is could be top five top six especially with fangio coordinating it and an offense that was really good last year so personally i think that miami is the team that could challenge buffalo in this division more so 
then I think the Jets will challenge them. All right. Uh, Zuma, uh, Hitman mentioned Miami adding Vic Fangio and Jalen Ramsey. And I thought David Long was one of the more under-the-radar signings in free agency. Uh, Miami's defense wasn't very good last year. In fact, it was a, they were a really good team to bet on their overs last year. Do you think the collection of roster and coaching upgrades will be big for the Miami defense this year? Yes, absolutely. I think top to bottom, we can make the case that Miami is more talented from a personal standpoint than the Jets. I still have the, the Jets slightly above Miami just because of Aaron Rodgers versus uh, Tua. And I also think that Miami's offensive line has a few question marks, especially when you consider the, the health of Teron Armstead in, in years past. I think that, that Miami is slightly more fragile than the Jets going to the season. Um, talking about the whole season, there's also the possibility, uh, Hitman mentioned it, that, I mean, one concussion and two a season could basically be over. So that's something to keep in mind uh, in terms of uncertainty due to injury. Um, but I think, yes, um, Vic, having Vic Fangio there, I mean, they have a good defensive line, they have a good linebacking corps. I really um, like the addition of um, David Long, stout against the one, good occasional blitzer last year for the Titans. And when he left in week 13 or something, you really saw that there was a hole in the middle of the Titans defense. Um, secondary, very good. Um, maybe they could need more juice at safety next to Javon Holland. But I think overall, that, that's a very talented uh, group there in Miami. And I'm very excited uh, about them if uh, Tua stays healthy. Um, yeah, very talented team. Cleve, I want to talk to you about like the thought of a uh, coordinator comes in, he tears it up, hot first year. And like the ones that come to mind is Brandon Staley. Uh, a lot of people were high on him. Uh, Kevin Stefanski winning coach of the year in his first year. And then, like, uh, I don't know if the data supports this, but a lot of people think these coaches end up taking a step back. Do you see that same for Mike McDaniel? Do, is there a world where defenses start to figure out his offensive wizardry, or do you think he actually takes a step forward as a play caller and as a head coach this year? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think that it has a little more. He has a little more staying power only because we've seen the Shanahan system work for so long, and in different places. So. Uh, you know, this, this isn't like a one-hit wonder type of deal, in my opinion. And even at like a guy like Stefanski, I mean, yeah, they the second year of Baker Mayfield, uh, they they took a step back. But then again, they were a top 10 offense with jo Jacoby Brissett last year. So, you know, these guys and Sean McVay obviously continued on his brilliance. So I, I don't know. I don't really buy into that as much. I think circumstances matter. Obviously, if two was out uh, and you're going to stick Mike White in there, then maybe the offense isn't going to be as good. So I think it's just a quarterback situation. But um, I, I think they'll be fine. I actually, there's an under the radar signing. They signed Braxton Berrios as their number three receiver. And, you know, no one's going to talk about him, but it's a guy I've always loved. I loved him in college. I, I thought he was underutilized with the Jets. He always made plays. I think he's the perfect guy in that system and that offense underneath. I think he's really going to open things up. He's going to be a surprise early on in the year and just make the offense a little bit more dynamic. So, you know, I think the, the it's really it comes down to the offensive line and it comes down to Tua's health, which, you know, we don't know. Do like Mike White a little bit more than what they had last year at backup if they needed a couple of games uh, to spot play. But, you know, you're going to have to – you're definitely going to have to get Tua fully healthy for the entire season to really maximize this offense. Um, and defensively, the one thing – obviously, we know the Fangio coming back or, or you know, becoming the defensive coordinator is a huge addition. You know, this defense was really good against the run. They struggled against the pass. It's just because they really 
the Boyer scheme last year was all about the all-out blitz, and it left those those cornerbacks on an island. And Xavier Howard just isn't as good as he as he once was. He's more of a number two or three than he is a one. And they were getting burned a lot on big plays uh, on high leverage down. So, you know, getting Fangio more, you know, um, uh, safeties back, keep everything underneath, limit the explosive plays, I think is really going to help this defense. Uh, adding Jalen Ramsey obviously was huge. So, you know, again, I think all three of the teams up, up top have a shot. You can make a case for them not only to win the division, but win the Super Bowl. So it's pretty unique in, in that situation. But, um, you know, I think Miami, the Jets are very close. I have Miami just just, a, a, you know, a smidge ahead of them. Uh, but I, I, you can make the case for all three of those teams winning the Super Bowl. All right. Sounds like Hitman and Cleve have Miami at number two. Um, let me ask the Jets fan, Zuma, who do you think is closer to uh, dethroning Buffalo? Do you think it's the Jets or do you think it's Miami? I still think it's the, the Jets, but it's not like a, a huge gap. I still prefer to have, well, I would prefer to have um, Aaron Rodgers and, and the Jets uh, over, over tour over the course of a 17-game season. Um, but it's pretty close. Miami is so uniquely talented, so I can definitely get the case there. But uh, in a head-to-head match between the two, I would probably still side slightly with the Jets. You know, uh, this division has this dynamic where I believe there's like three legit Super Bowl contenders and uh, the division's up for grabs. And then like New England, who may have improved this offseason, like almost stands no chance. They're a clear number four. Hitman, when you think of New England, everything goes right for them this year. What what does their ceiling look like? It's tough to say because I... I never want to doubt Belichick. Obviously, his ATS record in the 20-plus years he's been there, a lot of it was with Brady, but it, it was just unbelievable. Like, the Patriots' ATS during that run were better than the best NFL better in the world if you just blindly bet New England, which is insane to say over that long of a sample size. So I hate to just dismiss them, but – it just seems like a team that their makeup is going to be that they're able to beat inferior opponents and inferior coaches just based off their coaching alone and their discipline, but they lack the talent to beat the top teams in the league. And even if you look at how they played last year, when they went against weak quarterbacks, Zach Wilson twice, Sam Ellinger, um, Teddy Bridgewater, Jacoby Brissett, Mitchell Trubisky, they were first in EPA per play against and then when they played a step up in competition they were in that sample size they were 29th in epa per play so it's just a team that it seems like they're going to take advantage when they play the arizonas of the world they're going to take advantage of, of the situation they're going to look pretty good but they're just they just don't have the talent to match up with teams like buffalo kansas city Miami teams that have competent coaching and just a way better roster. And I also think that it's a team that it's probably going to be an under team again this year is their offense just really lacks a lot of explosiveness. Even the additions that they made, Mike Kosicki more of a possession receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, possession receiver, Tyquan Thornton's the most explosive player possibly on this offense, which isn't saying a ton and for the passing game. So it's probably going to be an under team that's just, that's well coached. And I probably think they're going to be around 500 again. 
I think their most explosive player was actually their cornerback, Marcus Jones, last year, who had a couple big plays. Uh, you know, you talk yeah. about that dynamic of them beating up on, like, really bad offenses and really bad quarterbacks. I believe because of that, their perception of their defense was a lot higher than it truly was. And I, there was a, I found there was a lot of good betting opportunities when they actually did line up against a good team. Uh, Zuma, Hitman mentioned the offense and, you know, lacking explosion. Uh, you tweeted something out and got a lot of feedback about Bill O'Brien and questioning how much of an upgrade he is over Matt Patricia. Um, do you think Bill O'Brien is a big upgrade for the New England offense? I think it will certainly be an upgrade over that mess that Matt Patricia was last season. But I'm not sure that's going to be a monumental update uh, upgrade because I don't really like what Bill O'Brien did at Houston offensively. I mean, he had Deshaun Watson and primed DeAndre Hopkins. And that offense consistently underperformed, in my opinion. Like, they finished 19th and 17th in overall DVOA in 2018-2019. In 2018, um, the Texans arguably had the worst run offense in the league. And Bill O'Brien called, I think, 54% per, uh, runs on neutral uh, first downs, which consistently put them in, into bad situations. And also that, that four-week stretch early in 2020 before he got fired, they were like, I think, 18th in offensive DVOA. So I really think that the offense underachieved. And while, I mean, everything structural-wise, uh, it's going to be an upgrade over Matt Patricia, but I don't think it will be as big of an upgrade to really move the needle for the Patriots, especially when you are in, in a division with with the Bills, uh, Jets, and uh, Dolphins uh, defenses. And mm -hmm. when we look at their schedule, I mean, look look at their first four week, like Philly, Miami, Jets, Dallas, like they could a whole schedule. It's for, brutal. Like they've got yeah. a tough schedule this year. Yeah, I mean, there are not too many winnable games, in my opinion. Uh, even though I'm still high on Bill Belichick in general, but it seems like um, it's going to be a rough season uh, in Boston. With um, schedule. Cleve, I wanted to talk to you about job security um, and from two parts. Uh, there's been some whispers that, you know, Robert Kraft's unhappy with Bill Belichick's job recently. I can't see a world where they let him go before he breaks Don Shula's record. I, I just, I can't envision that. But the other guy who also has job security concerns is Mac Jones. If he doesn't take a tangible step forward, it's probably his last year as the New England starter. Um, do, do you uh, do you agree with that? Do you think Belichick has any cause for concern? And then do you think if Mac Jones doesn't take a real step to show that he's better than he, he's been, then they're probably looking at a new quarterback next year? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's hard for me to say that. Belichick's jobs on the line or anything like that. I mean, even if ever it came down to that, it, I'm sure they would structure in a way where he just steps down versus ever getting fired. I don't think that would ever come out that way. Um, but, you know, with Mac Jones, for sure. Yeah. And and it's, it's interesting. You know, you guys were talking about the schedule. It's, I have it as the toughest schedule in the NFL. I have them favored in two games um, versus Washington and uh, in London against the Colts. And that's it. Like this is absolutely a killer schedule. And you look at Mac Jones, you know, he's three and nine against a spread in his two year career as an underdog. He's got two wins. One of them is in that, that windstorm game on Monday night against Buffalo where he attempted three passes. So he's really only contributed to one cover or sorry, one win and two covers um, in 12 games uh, as an underdog. So when you look at their schedule and they're, you know, they're going to be an underdog in what, 
15 games, 14 games. Like I don't really see many wins on their schedule. And, you know, Hitman took the, the words out of my mouth in terms of the defense, you know, in aggregate every year, they're number one in this number one in EPA and DVOA and all that stuff. But when you look at, you really dissect what they do, they just completely chokehold the, the bad quarterbacks on their, on their schedule. They, I mean, they suffocate those teams or in those quarterbacks. I mean, the, the, if you look at the game logs of every team in the NFL last year, New England's defense had two of the top seven and three of the uh, top 11 best EPA defensive performances for any team last year. And it was against the Colts with Ellinger and against the Jets with Zach Wilson. Like they, they take those bad quarterbacks and they just have no shot. So if you're going to back them, you would do it against a team like a Washington, for example, if it's, you know, Sam Howell going or even against the Colts, um, you know, with, with Anthony Richardson. But even then, you know, they struggle against mobile quarterbacks. So maybe Anthony Richardson can um, do some things against them. But uh, against everybody else, I mean, against guys like Lamar Jackson and Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields, um, they allowed, you know, one of like the three or four best performances for each of those quarterbacks last season. So, you know, there's huge splits there. They're going to face a much tougher schedule with a lot better quarterbacks this year. They're going to be underdogs in pretty much, you know, uh, almost every game this year where Mac Jones has not done anything against underdogs or, you know, as an underdog. So like, I don't really see much upside here. And, and Hitman mentioned, you know, they're an under team. I actually think the opposite. I actually think they're more of an over team. If you look at when they faced these these better offenses, uh, you know they gave up huge points uh, last year. That five of the the six highest um, opponent team totals that they you know in games where where they were playing good teams, they all went over. Six of the eight um, highest overall totals went over. So you know when when they face good when they face good quarterbacks, I think the market kind of depresses the number a little bit because they see just in aggregate New England's defense is much better than we think. Um, but they're really not. And, you know, they get, they get exposed. And so, you know, they, they t- tend to play shootouts in those situations. I looked at the Baltimore game last year where there was like, you know, 66 points, I think scored. Uh, and that, that Thanksgiving night game against Minnesota, there was a ton of points scored. So whenever they go up against good, def- uh, good offenses, they, they go well over. Whenever they play bad offenses, they go well under. I think there's not much in between. You can look to some alt totals, I think. Uh, both on the under and over side, depending on who they face. So, um, you know, the Patriots season is going to be really interesting. Like if you really wanted to get nuts, uh, I mean, go find me uh, worst record in the NFL and our fewest wins and tell me what the Patriots are. Like, give me a give me a 60 to one or 70 to one or something just for fun, because I can see a scenario where they just completely collapsed. And this is just a, a, you know, a dumpster fire against the schedule. Um, But, yeah, as you can tell, I don't have many high hopes for the Patriots this year. You know, in basketball, like nobody would ever question Popovich tanking, except when the one year, uh, the once in a lifetime prospect came, he clearly tanked last year. And Bill has never had a tanking uh, attitude, but he might also look at the reality of the situation and, and say, if they're like organically 0 and 4, 1 and 5 to start the season, he might start thinking about uh, what his next quarterback could look like. Let's take a look at the win total numbers and the Super Bowl numbers. And everyone's favorite thing is forced bets, stuff that they wouldn't make, but we're forcing you to do so. Um, Buffalo is 10 and a half wins. The over is minus 155, under plus 130. The Jets are at nine and a half wins. Over is minus 127, under plus 107. Miami is also nine and a half wins, over minus 122, under plus 103. And New England is seven and a half wins, over minus 111, under minus 107. 
Uh, Zuma, if you've got to make a bet out of those four options, which one are you going with? I guess this might be popular, but I'm going with Pats under seven and a half. If you look at that schedule, it's really hard to find eight wins for all the reasons that uh, everyone has mentioned here. Uh, Hitman, when you see these uh, options, which one would you be forced to make? Mine would be Jets under, but if I was to look to bet that, I would look maybe after hard knocks because sometimes we do see in the market a lot of times all the public will see they'll be watching it or there'll be all this hype train with them. We got to see it with the Lions recently. So maybe maybe if we see a little bit of the market um, going up just a tad with the, the Jets hype during this August, maybe bet the Jets under at post. But that would be my force play right now. Yeah, I'm with you. If I get a 10 there, I'm probably going to blast on the under. Cleve, what is your favorite uh, of the four teams and the eight options you have? Yeah, I'm just going to go back to the, the New England under. Uh, seven and a half, I think, uh, at this rate, it's a pretty good number. I think it's only being propped up because of Belichick's um, you know, career, but I, I don't, I don't think they deserve that number uh, at this point. So that's, that's what I'm going to go with. And like I said, the second kind of bonus, the uh, wait till the jets, if the jets are three and three after uh, six games, you can get like a 25 to one or something, you know, it's 25 to one or better. The Super Bowl, I think that could be a decent number at that point. They're at, what, 18 to one now? What, what is, I don't forgot. Pinnacles, uh, Pinnacles got plus 1210 on oh, the Jets. Oh, yeah, yeah. they have yeah. Buffalo at plus 955, Miami at plus 2254, okay. and New England plus 5347. I'm going to give you guys one more force bet. If Pinnacle said to you tomorrow, hey, you got a $500 free play, but you got to bet one of these teams to win the Super Bowl, which do you think is the better bet uh, based on available prices? Uh, Zuma, let's start with you. Oh, that's a good one. Um, based on the price, I would probably go with Miami. Uh, that plus plus twenty two yeah. to one. Yeah, my play would be Miami. Also, I, I have Miami power rated as slightly better than the Jets, so that type of discrepancy isn't warranted in my opinion. Cleve, uh, who would you uh, bet yeah. if you a free yeah, roll? Yeah, I'm going to make this a sweep. That Miami, just based on um, the free roll and the upside, is uh, is probably the right the right call. All right, uh, I don't know if you guys can tell by all the Dolphins gear behind me, but I'm good with that. <laughs> I don't need to add to that, uh, guys. I want to thank you, man. This was a really good discussion on uh, a division that I think is loaded with maybe three of the eight or nine best teams in football. Um, thank you for your time. This has been Forward Progress. Um, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Please leave us a note telling us what you agreed and disagreed with today. This has been Forward Progress with the AFC East division look right here on the Hammer Betting Network.